Hello, and welcome to another episode of 52 and 52. I'm Anthony. And I'm Josh. And today we're doing a recap of Cloverfield. Uh, we're joined by Josh's... 10 Cloverfield Lane. 10 Cloverfield Lane, sorry. Excuse me, you're correct. Uh, so we're joined today by Josh's good friend from undergrad, Graham Hall. Graham, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to go ahead and, and do this how we normally do it. Um, we're going to do non-spoilers, just basic stuff, and then most of the podcast is probably going to be spoiler heavy, but we'll give you a, a little break in there and, and tell you when the timestamp is, and you can go and decide what you want to do from there. So uh, I'll start with you, Graham. Uh, overall, what did you think of the movie? Overall, I was very impressed. I'm, I got to say, going in, I'm not a huge fan of the found footage genre. I know that's a thing that's really kind of picked up in the last 10 years, so I was a little worried at first that you know there'd have be some sequences in there, but after seeing the trailer, I kind of knew what to expect. It's kind of a movie that makes you think you know what it's going to be about going in, and that's kind of what really all the fun is, is you know comparing it to your expectations to what really is going to happen. I think that that was kind of the most funny. It proved my expectations wrong throughout. Yeah, and I think the trailer sets you up. It makes you excited for it, and I was excited to see it, but it kind of sets you up to think one thing because it shows you stuff kind of out of order in one in one way. It shows you that there's this whole sequence in which, I guess we should say just about the movie in general, is that it's essentially, it's very simple. It's three people trapped in a bunker. Uh, John Goodman plays the guy that puts the bunker together, and he rescues Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character after she's in a car wreck, and then tells her that there's been some kind of um, attack attack or chemical issue outside, and then she, she's unsure of whether or not to believe him, but then they're stuck down there together. And the trailer um, kind of get, lets you know that she doesn't want to be there, and it shows them kind of hanging out, but her first attempt to not be there is actually very early in the movie, and then it kind of goes from there, where they're kind of down there and unsure of everyone's expectations. So I kind of enjoyed that, because my expectations were upended almost right away, just based on them showing you all that stuff in the trailer, and making you think it happened later in the movie than it actually did. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't really know what it's billed as, but it's definitely, I guess, what, mystery slash suspense movie. Um, my roommate and a couple other people didn't actually want to come, because they thought it was a horror movie. And I'm like, I, I, if I'm going to see it, it's not a horror movie because <laughs> I will never see another horror movie in my life. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are definitely a couple of parts that scared me. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but it was, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it and I thought all the performances were really, were really good. And like Graham said, it's aided because it's just such a simple story, but they just tell it so well. I think that that's what gives it all of the, the suspense that you would want from it. And would you? I, I saw I saw one review beforehand that said John Goodman gave the first Oscar-worthy performance of the year. Were you that high on him? Did you enjoy what he was doing in the movie? And how do you feel about that? Um, I mean, I guess that would be what supporting actor. Uh, uh, these things are unclear these days. Tough. But yeah. I was curious. I mean, I mean, yeah, he was he was good. I, he was really good. But I don't I don't know that this movie will even get consideration for Oscars. To be honest, mainly because yeah. to me, I think it wasn't. While he was great in it, it wasn't a huge reach. For John Goodman, I, I kept thinking like, oh, I could totally see John Goodman playing this role. I mean, you guys have seen Red State. Have you seen Red State? Yeah. That that role after John Goodman played that, and he, you know, he kind of never changes his voice. I could definitely see him as that. It's a big deal though, because he's widely considered one of the best actors today that doesn't even have an Oscar nomination. So it's fair. I mean, hopefully he he he's like sixty three years old now. Hopefully he keeps getting to do cool stuff. But and um and we'll see. But I I, I really enjoyed him, and you're. I, I enjoy performances like that where you're just 
they're they're mysterious at the but at the same time they're getting to do different things throughout. Uh, John Gallagher Jr. didn't ruin it for you. No, he no he didn't. I actually thought his 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 little accent was was solid. I, I was worried at first that it was gonna like bother me throughout, but then I whatever it was, I, I got used to it and I didn't even think about it. But uh, yeah, he totally bought into the to that character and, and everything. Yeah. Anthony is a big hater of the newsroom, and any okay. any Huge actor that's been in any actor that's been in the newsroom before, it's gonna automatically usually sou- possibly sour him on the movie. So that just kind of speaks to the quality of this film that he still enjoyed it that thoroughly, even though Jim from the newsroom was so prominently featured. Yeah, yeah, as long as it wasn't the other dude who's the other producer i'm good that guy i hate oh okay um yeah but i think john goodman just kind of plays the is he a villain is he not a villain thing really well and that's kind of his main goal and you have to buy that to i think enjoy them this movie and really understand its point of view especially once you see the end and then you look back so I think he he killed it. I don't know about Oscars. I mean, it's March and yeah, it's it, it's. I mean, that's not usually a thing that happens this time of year. But a pretty respected critic and Chris Tapley from Variety actually said that. So I was I yeah. was kind of curious. What I mean, your... Mark Rylance won last year, so literally anyone could win ever. Did next. you see Bridges Spies? Grant? Absolutely not. Thank you. That's <laughs> the right answer. He's a, he's, a, he's a bigger friend of this podcast already than yeah. he realizes. <laughs> I'm tired of Spielberg movies. Yeah, I called him a hack on our on our podcast wow, earlier. So you're, you're Anthony's yeah. new favorite person. I think yeah, you're right. automatically getting invited back <laughs> what, what about your girl mary elizabeth winston she was great she yeah. was awesome i uh i was just getting shades of uh shoot what's what's the tarantino movie death proof. death proof i was getting shades of death proof in there and she, um yeah no, she was great honestly she was really good and i, I just um, i hadn't seen her do a ton of stuff before i just, i i i was for some reason i felt like i was really familiar with her but she did death proof which i didn't even i hadn't seen till around the time hateful eight came out and I knew she was Bruce Willis's daughter in A Good Day to Die Hard, and she was in Bobby and like Final Destination Three. And Final Destination. That's a, I, guess, I think that might have been all I'd seen her in. So, it's it's I mean it's a pretty great performance. It's it's so confident throughout, and that, that's I think that's a tribute to the writing too. That her character put in that position could be just like totally victimized throughout, but she takes such a proactive approach and is so so determined throughout and so confident at the same time. She's never really um, kind of. She's never really put in a position where she's um, overwhelmed at all, and I think that's a. I mean, that, that, that's a testament to just the. I mean, at one point, that in some ways the direction, but mainly the writing and her performance. And I think that I, I, I it was just a. I mean, it's pretty badass. I just yeah, I, yeah, I for sure. So. I'll give JJ credit. It's two straight movies with good female characters in it. So uh, before that, I'm not really sure, but uh, definitely better than. What he did in Star Trek and whatever couple few or before that Super Eight, etc. How do you guys think about just the setting of the movie? Like, it was so it was obviously really tense, but also kind of claustrophobic, and I, that that bothers some people. I know some people that just won't go to a movie of that nature at all because they don't they they can get claustrophobic just by looking at someone. And I wouldn't necessarily that, but it was just it, it did. I thought I thought it was pretty interesting the way they kind of shot this whole entire bunker, and it felt. Just the way, it, I mean, it's not a long movie. It's less than two hours, but I just kind of thought every time you would see John, hear or see John Goodman coming around the corner, just the way they had set up that area outside of uh, Mary Elizabeth Winsett's bedroom, and every time you hear him coming... Yeah, you, sonically, it was great. Yeah. Like just these loud It's like, how close is he? You can and... hear it. Which one of them is coming? And I, I really liked the way that was set up, and I thought it was really well done. And when something that small, like you said, just footsteps can have that great of an effect i think it shows that you've you have a good command of your of your um 
of your set. Yeah, I think it's something that they focused on, and it sort of plays into the villain thing with the with the sounds, right? Because it's like this. Obviously, John Goodman's a bigger guy, and so it's like we got this big, slower dude heavily walking down the stairs, and it's it's scary, especially the first time when. I mean, we know who is going to open the door, but for her as the character, and she's sitting in this room with her leg tied to a bed or to a pipe, and she doesn't know who's going to open the door, and it's just this like creepy sound and this big dude coming. It was, I thought it was really well done. I would say one of the that's definitely one of the highlights of the movie to me is that even with something as simple as footprints, you're not sure if you know they're menacing at the time or if you know it's under this preconceived notion that. Uh, what you're hearing the character saying is you're, you should accept as fact. And throughout the movie, you know, simply through dialogue, you can switch sides. I found myself, you know, changing my opinion about what was going on multiple times just through what someone had said. And I think that's one of the strengths of this movie because a lot of people walk into this movie thinking that this is a cut and dry bunker movie. And, you know, like you said, they have preconceived notions. And I thought that the best part of it was that it, it challenged what I thought a bunker movie was supposed to be. Yeah, and you never know who to believe, which is really important in being able to sit through it and not knowing the payoff of what's outside, even though you know that's eventually going to happen. I think that's important to be able to buy into in order to enjoy the movie. I think that might be a good place to go into spoilers. Segway, yeah, yeah. So we're going to go ahead and segue into spoilers now. So if you haven't uh, you know, s- seen the movie or don't want to know spoilers, then take a little break, go see it. It's a pretty short movie. Come back and, and finish the episode. All right, now, so we're back. We're going to go ahead and do spoilers for 10 Cloverfield Lane again. Josh, Graham, Anthony here. Um, so where do you guys want to start? Do you want to start? And I mean, I'll start, actually. I want to start. Okay, uh, so the movie is basically uh, two, three acts, I'd say. Act one It's basically the first intro act two is basically the rest of the movie and i'd say act three is the last five percent or so right would you guys agree with that sure i felt like the last act is it was 20 minutes probably i'd say almost okay maybe and i don't it, know if that's five percent but yeah it sure. was definitely the there's a clearly marked third section that's smaller than the other yeah so it's really interesting because a lot of i think the ending is basically where a lot of people are having either issues with or really fully falling in love with the movie and I'll admit, it, when I first got out of the theater, I really didn't know how I felt about it because uh, I know, Josh, you, you tweeted out that you watched Cloverfield again right before mm-hmm. you, you watch this movie. I haven't seen Cloverfield since it came out. I saw it twice, oh, really? I think, okay. when it came out. But I think, I mean, I have a pretty good recollection of what happens, and it's, it's really a simple... It's funny. I was sure. talking about it with Graham before I came here, and we when we did the Deadpool podcast, we were trying to rack our brain for other T.J. Miller movies, and I forgot that he's the guy holding the camera in Cloverfield. I don't yeah. know if you remember that. I actually didn't remember that. So yeah, that. so we couldn't name a movie he'd been in besides She's Out of My League, and then it's like, wow, it's he's the like... the first thing I saw him in Yeah, he's like the dude in Cloverfield. That's, yeah. He actually physically filmed a third of the movie. I read about that, so that was just a funny thing about the original, but obviously yeah. a, a clear demarcation from the original. Yeah, and, and a lot of people are sort of wondering about this 180 shift that happens at the end of the movie, and for me, as like a viewer now that I've had a couple couple days to reflect on it I think that I I really liked it actually and I think it's interesting the way that they brought the Cloverfield thing back into the back into the picture and I think uh I, I saw it with a with a couple of friends and one of them asked me so like what, what do you consider this a sequel or is it in the same universe whatever and I guess the best way to probably classify it is anthology type thing where it's like not it, the exact same it, universe it, yeah, but just it's, within a spiritual same yeah I think thing. where you could just do go ahead Graham what do you, you guys have read have you guys read up on what 
the rebranding of the movie or well, anything? Well, I, I, I heard a lot about it, but a lot of people are denying it from a lot of the... I don't know. Uh, yeah. Deni- what do you mean, like, denying Like, J.J. Abrams, like, everyone was saying there was a ton of reshoots because, basically, the theory is they thought they had a really good movie, but nobody's going to see it if it's called, like, The Bunker or some Valencia. shit like that. Valencia like, that's was what, what it was called before. Yeah. That's what uh, the, the dudes in Red Letter Media said. They were, like, they said something about, like, called The Bunker, and they made a great point, like... I don't know that I... I mean, I probably would see it because I see every movie that comes out. You would have seen it if it gotten good sure. reviews, but not everyone sees sure, it. I think no it would, bunker movie's going to top shelter. Yeah. <laughs> and, I think, and I think that from a marketing standpoint, that's a lot of the thing is that... So they think they had a really good movie and they're like, well, we can't end the movie like this kind of thing and we need to give it some oomph. So they kind of added in the Cloverfield thing and then they reshot the end, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's what Graham is referring to, but I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. I think JJ de- de- declined that, and a bunch of people said so it's not true. they're saying that this was the pot all along, but like I, I thought they admitted, which is why there was kind of like this one eighty shift in in the tone at the end. Well, that's why the Cloverfield name originally worked. I mean, if back then, Cloverfield was the name of the secret location they shot the the Cloverfield movie on, and they couldn't think of you know some generic monster movie name, so it was given the name Cloverfield, and I think that. When this was shot, you know, Bad Robot Productions, and uh, they didn't really know what to do with it. It was kind of seen as, you know, everyone clamors for a, a Cloverfield prequel slash sequel. Let's rebrand this. We can put it like a small-scale Cloverfield movie, and all of a sudden you have a movie that would have had a different ending with Valencia and maybe makes $3 million, and instead it makes $3 million and two hours yeah. with the Cloverfield name and that's the <laughs> yeah. power of it and we're not saying it doesn't work with the Cloverfield name but there's certainly you gotta think is this a Cloverfield movie and I would say it's not a Cloverfield movie besides thinking it kind could of exist a, in the same a related uh, universe but that was yeah. the thing I was also hearing people saying they're not putting it in the exact same universe no as I was saying it's kind of like mo- an you anthology you see modern thing. iPhones and you see yeah, 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 yeah. so it's it's cl- it's clearly kind of different, but d- did it? So you're saying it didn't feel too tacked, regardless of what their plan was beforehand. It didn't feel too tacked on for you. Yeah. Okay. So here's here's kind of where I ended up at. So yeah. I think that as a character arc, I think it was great for her, as a, a this female character, and she's trapped and she keeps trying to escape. And the way the thing that I think they did really well was the little things that they introduced in this movie, whether it was the conversation with Bradley Cooper in the beginning, or the just the little thing she has a conversation with uh john gallagher Jean- yeah bradley cooper's a guy on the cell phone in the beginning. you didn't notice didn't that? that you no. just educated me a little bit. oh yeah, yeah. No, oh that's I, the first I, thing i, I said I, when I, I i didn't pick it up yeah, yeah, yeah that's bradley cooper he plays ben um had, i was hoping oh, for the yeah. they should have had him do the american sniper voice <laughs> <laughs> no they had jim gallagher john gallagher, john gallagher doing that. <laughs> um so so i think for her it was a really strong character arc because they have all these little things how she basically she keeps running away from her problems and she literally says that in the movie and they give little small examples of the same thing when the department store hardware store uh, metaphor she uses with the little girl and her dad and then at the end where she turns on the radio and there's this like almost like independence day thing where she needs to decide if she's going to drive to baton rouge or go to houston and help everyone out and I think that was a really good character arc for her. Mm-hmm. As for the movie, uh, it was it was okay. The, I, I really, really, really liked the the previous parts before that. Um, and I I don't I wouldn't say it's corny, but I would say it's more just cookie cutter than anything. And that it it really didn't take it away, but 
it wasn't bad, but it wasn't the best ending they could have had. I think out of all the things, like some people might be complaining, oh, the name spoiled it for me. Or See, it didn't do that for me at all. I, I just, I knew what to expect going in, so it wasn't like it was spoiled. Like I knew there were going to be aliens at some point. When I saw it was a bunker movie, I figured it'd be towards the end. So I wasn't like upset that I knew that. I was just kind of curious, how are they going to get to that point? Because she's here, and what's going to happen when she gets out? We kind of have an idea of what that world is going to be like. So I was more just curious to see that and i wasn't like oh i already it's spoiled because do you have an idea though i i didn't because to graham's point earlier they kept he kept doing john goodman kept saying different theories he had about what was happening outside i I figured it was aliens even if it wasn't the exact same universe i i assumed it was aliens all along so but then also because of the ending of the first one you know that this the movie's not afraid to kill everyone so, I mean, I, I had a feeling, like, they're going to give her a little bit more redemption than that and she'll get out of it, but I also wouldn't have been shocked at, at, for a second. It does seem like she's just going to get swallowed up. So there is some level of unpredictability still because the first movie showed that they're not afraid to go there and just not and kill all, kill all the heroes. So I thought that, despite the title, that gave it some kind of suspense anyway. And just the way they shot that whole entire alien scene was... I was just, like... At, at, when, the, when, the, when the screen finally went black, I just kind of, like, it was a huge... Ugh exhale like i was like so tensed up and on the edge of my seat and they they shot it really well the one thing was just and maybe it was a slightly different kind of monster i don't know but it was so easy for her to blow that thing yeah up. no i mean and that was corny as it was all so hell. it was so easy for her to fan of the monster light yeah. that thing on was, fire yeah. and then throw she's, a thing in there when all these military type things couldn't take down one of those in the first yeah, she's in, she's just like the fact that she's being elevated in the air by a monster and she's just like, yeah, let me make a Molotov cocktail real quick and throw it directly into the mouth of this monster, which that's honestly the worst, at 100% the worst part of the movie. Um, I think it, for me, I think it almost would have been better if they could have ended it with when she's, what she's saying, oh, fuck, when she gets out of the bunker and she sees this big spaceship in the, in the air, that would have been, that would have been fine. Uh, Two, they could have. I think they could have shown like a big spaceship like going away, and just that little like dog-like alien was like trying to chase her, and she like manages to like get away from it and get in the car and drive away, which is what she did because she turned off the car alarm so and you, everything. You would have rather just not had the fight at all. Yeah, I just don't. I didn't. That big alien thing was really dumb. One of the things I kept thinking about was they harp on how John Goodman's character is missing his daughter Megan, and he's you're, he's always talking about it's his daughter Megan, but not until. Emmett, I guess, is is like, oh, this is another picture. This girl went missing in my high school. I mean, Mary had worn her clothes, had seen pictures, and these people have been down in a bunker together for what? It was at this point, it was a couple weeks. Uh, yeah, it's not really days. clear. Yeah, I, 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 that seems yeah. reasonable. And they hadn't once sure. spoken about his daughter. I I well, thought that yeah. was kind of confusing. And then five minutes later, he's pulling out a vat of acid. Yeah, I those two things, I was kind of like, okay, these. Well, did you think they? Well, did, did you, do you guys think they set up his arc well enough? Yeah, I see. See, I actually liked that there was there wasn't really any clarity or finality to to his story, right? Because it kind of gives you this. As far as his actions with her and with and with yeah. Emmett, there. If once you see the end of the movie, you're like, okay, he's actually not crazy. There's something outside, and he saved these people from. He uh, might be permanent, a pedophile from permanent but death. He was but then, right. when she goes in the in, in the in the air vent. And it's like, wait, and it kind of gives you this whole, like, well, is this dude, he might be a villain, and he might be creepy, but is he, in this context to them, is he the same way, or has he changed, or, I don't know, because the way, when he brought out the acid, I was like, all right, well, he clearly put this chick in the acid one time when he, the, the, when he killed her, 
Um, but it's also like, I don't know. I, I actually liked that it was kind of, and they just they just sort of tossed it in there, and then it was like, oh, hey, now we're going to just go ahead with her character arc instead of his. Now you but, know for sure that he's yeah, that's when you well, fully knew. Like he's saying, you, he just you didn't know if he was actually going to treat them like that. Was yeah. he was he always going to kill Emmett? That's so what he I'm could, saying. So then he could be, um, so then he could just um, just keep her as some exactly. kind of sex slave. Yeah. That's what I'm saying because like that? that's you, you don't know when, I guess. when you're watching the movie. You're like, oh man, this dude's creepy. He's going to like rape her or something. But then it's like, okay, he actually did save her. Maybe she should feel a little bad. But then it's like, well, he might have kidnapped and killed this other chick. Mm-hmm. So you just like um, that uncertainty kind of throughout. And I actually, it was actually really, I, I, I'm sure you guys noticed it too, but as soon as he killed Emmett, he went upstairs and then he shaved and he's wearing like a tucked in polo and slacks yeah, and creepy everything. creepy as hell. Yeah, but it, was, but it was consistent with his character and also like, wait, uh, it makes you think a little bit and I really like that part of it. Yeah, I like that gray area where you were thinking the entire time, is he crazy? Is he not crazy? I mean, it can be, it can be both. He can be crazy and not meaning exactly. any harm to him, but... And he's also kind of yeah. smart. You think that right. it's one or the other. Yeah. I mean, he, he, I mean, I think it's, people are saying a lot that, oh, he foresaw this event coming. Uh, the way they kind of told it to me is Emmett, what got to his bunker and was like, oh, well, he's, he had, you know, been seeing it and coming home yeah. and, and Emmett got there and they had seen this attack, I guess. And, yeah. Um, that aspect of it to me was, yeah, like fed his crazy that he had this bunker. I first was like, okay, that's kind of weird, but it doesn't, didn't necessarily mean that I thought that he was going to hurt them. I thought that if you have that questioning or like level of uncertainty there, you'll have a lot better time, you know. And I think he I think he kind of fits into the stereotypical like end of the world type character, right? Cuz there's always like a former military guy who has crazy theories about shit and the government's doing this, the government's doing that, blah blah blah, right? So they kind of introduce that cuz he's like he's former navy and he has all these like weird little idiosyncrasies where doesn't want them making jokes at the dinner table and talking about uh, board games and stuff. But the thing is that's that's great about it is you, you're like, oh, okay, Emmett's being really naive. But at the same time, once you see the end of the movie, you're like, all of the characters were correct. Was, and all of their actions make sense because of what they individually know, which we're not really introduced to as an audience. And then till the end, and, and, and you can fully appreciate all three of the characters. Yeah, you made the point I was about to make before your last <laughs> time. It's was, it was part of what I really enjoyed about the movie is that everyone is smart. And I, I, I hate it when movies sometimes just for the sake of trying to get to from point A to point B, C will skip point B, which would make everything make sense. There's no, there's you, you clearly understand why everyone is doing everything, and every every there's no one's doing anything stupid to just that would be out of character or just a completely illogical thing to do just to get to a certain result. I, I was worried that the whole time that they were going to make Emmett like really dumb, and because you hear that voice and you know that's not his <laughs> voice, and it, it might just be a bothersome accent at first. And I thought he was going to be a stupid country bumpkin that was going to be completely loyal uh, throughout the movie to. Uh, to Howard, uh, John Goodman's character, and I was, and then or eventually. or that he was just gonna fall in love with a girl and, yeah, and kind of yeah, do all it, that it, bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think I could have seen it going that way, but instead it was like he clearly understands at the point at which he explains the picture to him. He's not in denial. He's not like, oh no, I know this guy. I helped him build this bunker. We're friends. Yeah. He's like, all right, well, like this looks really. He messed takes up. in his and, new information and evaluates and his, his position. She's obviously really smart throughout. And John Goodman is super duper smart, even if he's really creepy and probably a t- maybe a terrible person. He is so sharp and notices every single little thing, and it makes sense for him to react in the ways he would, even if he does kind of turn into a psycho killer monster at the end. Yeah, yeah, no, and I agree. And I think that 
the I, I, we Josh and I did a uh, a fake Oscars pod and we gave a nice. um uh, we made up our own awards and everything and Josh had a category called best scene last year right and I I don't think I really participated in any of the nominees for that scene Josh kind of made that one up on his own and I we talked about it for five or ten minutes and it was it was really great but the as soon as I saw the scene in this movie I was that's the first thing I thought of was next year when me and Josh do this pod is there's a scene when they're all playing. Uh, what uh, picture? What are they playing? What uh, the game where you have to like? You is it, it right? Pictionary like or whatever? Trades or trades? Like yeah, whatever yeah. they're doing. And yeah. and uh, and the and, and the thing where he's like, I'm watching everything you're doing, and it, the whole tension with the Santa so you, Claus. You, you thing. You like that? You didn't think? Oh it was my corny? god, I, okay. dude! Me and James, as soon as that scene happened, we oh, were okay. we were loving it. That was my favorite scene in the whole movie. <laughs> I'd like it was the perfect time. <laughs> Uh, the perfect tension and and everything came together. She's a right little at that girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That part, okay, yeah. yeah I was, See, I was that, and that that also feeds into the into the villain thing and the creepy thing. It's like, wait, why won't he call this this person a, a woman? Uh, a woman? Gotcha. And it's like, well, maybe this guy was in the navy and his daughter died tragically or something, and he just he sees everyone as as he's trying to replace his daughter, but at the same time, it's like, well, he might have kidnapped and raped this chick, so. You know, I'm not really. I'm not really on board with this character, but I can also understand where his character is coming from, and I think that's what you said is this, the the brightness of the writing, and even with uh, introducing her as a f- aspiring fashion designer and knowing how to sew and everything that allows her to create this suit without us being like she doesn't know how to fucking create a suit. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. I really like that. So you so you did not know he was talking about Santa Claus. No, I figured it out. Right. I did. I, 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 I used to be a Jew thing, and I didn't, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know the lyrics at first. But like, I was totally in suspense the whole time. It did not click at all for me. I it was like almost right at the end. I I was like, oh my. I didn't. I don't know. I might have said it aloud. Like, oh my god, Santa Claus. But I was definitely thinking it. And but the tension. Will you not agree? Like that no, scene yeah. was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um. So I don't. It's just a little thing, but I I, I loved it. So where, where would you like to see it go from here? If they're going to make this a thing where they um, try and create either create some universe where it's just kind of loosely related, or would you want to? Would you want to? A lot of people don't think they're going to try and pick up where this story left off, even though they obviously left the potential for her to go um, to go to Houston and see what actually see what this world is like in the aftermath of an attack. Whether because we obviously didn't see that in the first universe or this, would you want to see a continuation of this story or just something uh, totally different? Uh, t- well, to be honest, I think that I'd rather just keep going with the anthology type type thing because Agreed. the thing with this is the the radio broadcast. Right, it says, "Hey, we need people. We're trying to fight these villains." Blah blah blah. But like, she has no experience killing aliens at all. Oh, no, exactly. she does now, dude. She, she knows no, how to take no, it out with no, a. With a... <laughs> That's blocked out of my mind. She it left. never happened. <laughs> she doesn't know how to kill aliens because that was ridiculous. Um, but that's the thing is, I just I don't know how she would contribute. She's not a nurse. She's not a doctor. She, you know, so as as bright as Make she was suits. and as smart as she was getting out of the situation that she was put in and like this metaphoric trapped in her own life needing to escape, et cetera, great character arc. But as far as a sequel, I'd rather watch Pacific Rim 2. Sure, she wasn't a hero and absolutely I agree, but she wasn't a hero <laughs> in the sense of like she has abilities that could help her get out of a situation. It's she had the intelligence and, you know, the want and will and that's not going to you know help her against an alien fleet in houston yeah and i mean unless unless it like merges with like the fifth wave and it's like chloe grace moretz and leah schreiber like i don't i don't think i want to watch a sequel to this movie as good as it was you need to make the next one 
I, dude, it's a thing listen, for first-time directors. I, Apparently, this dude was no one eight years ago. What do you mean? What's a thing for well, first-time I mean, like, directors? What they might keep doing is because the the first Cloverfield, Matt Reeves hadn't directed one before, and Dan Trachtenberg had only done like a yeah. short before this. No, so no, they might I'm, make it a thing where Bad Robot brings in a yeah. new director to do every one of these. I'm I'm all in for that, and I it's not spoilery for me to know that there are going to be aliens in it, and if they're as smart as this movie is, then I'm good. Do you know I, they um, brought? Uh, get, for the final rewrite of the script, they brought in Damien Chazelle. No, I, don't I know didn't if you'd know seen that. that. Yeah, no. which is interesting. Yeah, for reshoots, probably right. I, I don't know. Um, yeah. Okay, so I I really like this movie, but I cannot place it relative to the first one. What did you think of this? Better or worse than the first one? I, I remember I, I, really I liking ever, the first one, but I don't think I've ever watched a found footage movie other than the first one. So it's not like but, I. What about the the one with the. The three kids. Chronicle, best Chronicle. found never... footage movie ever. Okay, Chronicle's I, I, dope. Fan, Chronicle. So I, I can't rank anything. No, I'm a dope. I'm a, Chronicle, Chronicle is dope. It's kind of like on my to-do list because it feels like, um, like I should at least remind myself why they let Josh Trank direct Fantastic Four. Perfect and, pacing, though, which is... Yeah. A, for a found footage movie, usually those movies drag, but... I, I really enjoy Cloverfield because I, I, I watched it the morning I saw 10 Cloverfield Lane. I hadn't seen it since I saw it on an airplane like six years ago. Sure. So it was kind of my – I saw both of these for the first time in the same day. And um, God, I don't I, – I really like them both, but I, I, I had it spoiled for me earlier in the – like just listening to like advanced talk the, about 10 what? Cloverfield Lane. Why do you do this to yourself? No, 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 no. Like, I, I had Cloverfield spoiled, uh, not Ten Cloverfield Lane. Uh, uh, so I was listening uh, uh, to a podcast. It didn't give anything away about Ten Cloverfield Lane, but they said something about everyone dying in Cloverfield. So it was like, as, as a first time experience, maybe I like Cloverfield better. I probably like my second viewing of my first viewing of Ten Cloverfield Lane better than my second Cloverfield one the other day. The found footage doesn't bother me inherently, but I thought they had the T.J. Miller, Miller character fall down too many times in that movie. Sure. I mean, it makes sense that a guy running from aliens is going to fall down. But I just got kind of sick of it. I'm like, all right, I you don't need to keep banging the camera into the ground. It's shaky cam I can live with, but this is this is a little too much. And I think maybe just that kind of puts Tank Overfield Lane. What was the that? Two thousand eight. When? Yeah. Did, okay. So yeah, the the shaky cam thing is a big annoyance for me but i didn't really feel that way during cloverfield itself but in a lot of action movies and fight scenes i really don't like it yeah. um but yeah i i think right i think this this one 10 cloverfield lane is probably a better a better stronger movie but the first one might be a little more coherent if you have a problem with the end i'd say um but i don't know i, Sounds I think like you agree with that Graham? i think that yeah go ahead yeah i uh, i mean i wasn't the biggest fan or initially of the first cloverfield so I'm I'm not a huge fan of the uh, the found footage genre mainly because the reason you said Anthony I think that the shaky camera is a gimmick first yeah. and foremost I don't think I need that to make me feel like I'm there or like I'm the person there watching it like I think a first person movie can be done through someone else's eyes with traditional camera shots and it's just as effective but really I left this movie with two thoughts in the last two minutes mm-hmm. one what the hell is she going to do in Houston and what comes next? I mean, the world from the looks of it looks totally, you know, fucked. And <laughs> I left it in, you know, that great scene in, the sky, uh, scene in the sky where lightning's flashing, you see the huge ship. I was like, damn, yeah. I want District 13. Yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's one of my one, five right? favorite movies oh of all gosh. time, bro. Blomkamp <laughs> could make the next one of this. And Dude, I'm be, so blown he's not it. making Hardcore Henry. I thought it was going to be Was him. he not? No, uh, he's not doing he was, it. Is he producing it? No, I don't think he's involved. He needs... I, one, never saw... Elysium, I think it yeah. was. Uh, yeah. Never saw Elysium. I saw it. Was it, it good? People hate it, but I enjoyed it because it's, you know. And I was hoping he'd do Halo, but now I'm a huge... <laughs> Did you see Chappie? 
I did see Chappie. What'd you think? It was okay. It was like yeah, definitely problems, but I enjoyed watching but it like, because I, felt like I like it was his style. A kid movie, and then yeah, I'm like, it was very adult. I it was for a very Elysium minimal is market. very similar I, to that, except a, just a, a tier above. Sure, and I have, I'm very, I'm a huge Prometheus fan, so I'm hoping <laughs> that he, uh, what is it, Alien, Lost yeah, Planet, or something like that, Covenant, something like that. Yeah, I don't, so I don't know. I, but one, I, anyway, this is a great movie. I think it was better than. Than Cloverfield, the one thing I'll say for Cloverfield, which doesn't make it necessarily a better movie, but it's so impressive that that movie was on a $25 million budget. They shot a lot of it in Los Angeles, which I found out, but it looks like New York. I just got back from New York for a week, and they were even in a subway stop that I was at when I was there for part of the movie. And I don't know if it was the actual one, but if you told me it was, I would have believed you. And It's just not only faking Los Angeles for New York as well as they did in parts, I'm sure, but just how they destroyed cities like that normally movies like that are on close to $100 million budgets, and they somehow did that for 25 with leaning over buildings that you're jumping into and stuff like that. There's such a high degree of difficulty with that. Like I said, they did really well with the bunker here, but they just some that, that is a very challenging thing to do. That's probably the most impressive thing about Cloverfield in retrospect. Yeah. Um, one other thought I would say is, going back to your do I want a sequel question is I think I'd way rather a prequel just with her and Bradley Cooper and like <laughs> her growing up and then their deteriorating getting, relationship well just her just beginning her character arc of running away from problems right and I think that would be really interesting and to see her in a dysfunctional relationship with Bradley Cooper and just all this other stuff I would I would watch it Sounds like a times. new Terrence Malick movie. I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying. I got ideas here, Hollywood. <laughs> so even if they don't follow <laughs> hey, her for another movie, though, I think they could just uh, but, make uh, make the next movie. Do you want the next movie to be like something that takes place after the? No, I, see, that's the thing is the, the, that it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to take place at, before or after anything, right? That's that's why this is good. What do like you mean? Th- this movie is you can't say this movie is before or after Cloverfield in New York. No, I don't I don't mean before or after the previous I mean before or after an, any attack. Like do sure. you want to see what the aftermath of an attack looks like and the problems that come out of that or do you want to see more like a direct reaction to an attack again? I've seen Godzilla in Pacific Rim. I don't need to see I don't need to see this. Why did this neat movie need though an ending like that where she drives it, off? Why does she need to live? That's Michael. Why does she need to live? Well, it, it's because her character arc is her finally not running away from her problems, right? That's what I took out of it. And escaping this, she's in a bunker, big metaphor movie type thing that she needs to get, finally accept shit and push through her problems instead of running away from them. That's what, I mean, that's why, that's why that last scene was there. But the whole alien stuff was the stuff that, only the scene with her making a Molotov cocktail. Besides that War of the Worlds battle bullshit was good. <laughs> Why didn't the woman who showed up and was banging the blonde woman with all the... Say there are aliens outside? Yeah, say what's actually going on rather than let me in, you bitch. Maybe they She might have assumed they knew. A, she might have assumed they knew. B, um, she's panicking, Mm -hmm. right? And C, she probably has some kind of a, I don't know, PTSD slash she's in such a panic that she just, like, for... She doesn't care. She just wants to get into this building so she can survive. So did the woman die after that? Yeah, like, well, yeah, she, she she just, I would imagine so. But yeah, you if I was Mary Elizabeth Winstead, I would have stood outside and waited to be like, all right, are you going to die right now from the air? Because she thought oh, it was the air that was killing well, her. Well, but she'd banged her head and, and, oh, that was and suicided that or whatever, weird. basically. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's actually interesting because there was no body outside of the door. But I think it's in, it's in the shed, right? Yeah, she gets the keys from it, the, yeah, the, yeah. her body. Yeah, yeah, it's in the shed. So I guess the aliens put it there. Or she might have or gone she crawled. there to hide from she tried to alien uh, attacks. True, 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 yeah. true. Um, 
true. Alien also kept me. I'm. I had nightmares of leeches. That yeah. was like a leech. It was like it looked like a huge leech with like the rows of teeth and your. Yeah. I kept yeah. thinking of it like yeah. get me on the eye. I thought of the, th- the scene in Life Aquatic where <laughs> Steve Zissou gets bit up by all the leeches. He's the only one. But. Yeah, I, I uh, yeah. We should have a, a Noah Bo- or what's his name? Uh, Wes Anderson. Wes yeah, Anderson. Wes Anderson uh, <laughs> pod sometime. But I just saw Rushmore for the first time. Like two never years. Seen. That's one of the ones I Good haven't one. seen. Good one. Um, yeah, you guys have any other thoughts before we end up? Or you know, I'm kind of in a rush here. So that's it. You Anthony has an intramural game to go win. Playoff basketball. Thank you very much. <laughs> Good luck. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so I think that's about it. Uh, Graham, thanks for thanks for being on. Thanks, uh, for, thanks where, for having me, guys. Where can we find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Graham Hall underscore or on Facebook at www.facebook slash Graham Hall. All right, thank you. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at A Clambake, A K L A M B A K E. And at Josh Jernavoy, J-O-S-H-J-U-R-N-O-V-O-Y. As always, if you have any questions, comments, want us to review a certain movie, et cetera, et cetera, um, send us an email or tweet at us. Our podcast email is 52in52pod at gmail.com, 52in52 at gmail.com. Um, and also, so I got one of my friends, uh, Rob DeMarco, actually said, hey, I'd love for you guys to do an archived episode on Interstellar. I just watched it, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, it's a, you know, it's a great idea if you guys have any movies like that. Because um, I'm sure some of these older movies you guys have seen more than these newer movies that we're reviewing. Um, if you guys have any interest in us doing that, uh, definitely send us some info on it. And uh, that was the first movie we went to, ever went to, like just the yeah, two of yeah. Us. It's <laughs> the first movie Josh and I ever went to. We drove to Jacksonville at 9 a.m. to go see an 11 a.m. IMAX. IMAX showing. <laughs> first um, movie I was comfortable sobbing in. Really? Yeah, really? absolutely. I can't tell you what scene though mm. because that may. First time I I'll cried at a theater while since I've been in law school was at the same theater at Fast Seven. Okay. Was it here in Gainesville? <laughs> no, 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 in Jacksonville. Okay. In Jacksonville. Yeah, we went to yeah, we IMAX. Was it because of the movie or was it because of poor Paul? Uh, the, the final both? sequence. The, the end? The last scene? I haven't seen it. I haven't oh seen it. Oh, my I, God. I stopped at Tokyo Drift. What? Oh, How dare on. you? <laughs> it couldn't come back for me after that. It got good after that. Listen. I actually saw you, some of the sixth one where when they're you running go, through Brazil when or you, whatever. When you go through and then you see it, Tokyo Drift is actually very well made. And very I didn't well hate it, but... I couldn't watch take, it. Was it Lil Bow Wow watch or Lil him. Romeo? Yeah, yeah the second it? one is the worst movie. And yeah, and then Lil Bow Wow is a little much, but it it's it's great. I promise. <laughs> a little much. Promise. Gotcha. Um, also, I know this is at the end of the podcast, but if any of you guys make music or do graphic design, please let us know. We're trying to get a new logo, some intro, outro music, whatever we want to feature our friends on the podcast. Um, anything you guys would like to contribute, please let us know. Um, that's it for now. We'll be back with another episode next time. Thanks, guys.